Welcome, people. This is the Mac and Fish podcast. This is Charles Fishbein, the host today, and I'm flying solo. My co-host, McKinley Roll, decided to sit on the bench for this one, but uh, I'm kind of glad that uh, I get to do this one solo. I have a great guest today, Gwendolyn Bush uh, from Way Dan Consulting Services, and I am going to really enjoy this podcast, and I think this one will be very educational for not only parents, but high school football recruits that um, don't know a whole lot about the whole educational side of uh, the recruiting process. They all know about the, you know, the process of how to get their film out there, um, that the athletic side of it, but the most important component is the academic side. And there's nobody better than Gwendolyn Bush on this side of the equation. So uh, Gwendolyn is someone that I met probably, it's probably been close to a decade now. Um, she worked at the University of Michigan on, under Coach Harbaugh. Uh, she studied at Cornell University and now she owns her own consulting services, Way Dan Consultant. Uh, how are you doing, Gwendolyn? I'm doing well, doing well. Great to um, get on with you. <laughs> we go way back, so it's exciting. I'm uh, really excited to be here. Definitely. And um, like I said, I think this is going to be a very important podcast. You know, we talk to so many college coaches and the number one thing uh, in recruiting is if it's one thing, they're recruiting guys that you know that could play at that school or they wouldn't be recruiting them. But the most important part and part of the whole recruiting uh, equation is academic side. So First off, tell us a little bit about Gwendolyn Bush. I mean, Gwendolyn and your company, and what do you do? Okay. Um, well, I'm Gwen Bush. Um, you can call me Gwen. Uh, we can, you can bring it down a notch. <laughs> you know, we go way back fish, so I'm good with you calling me Gwen. Um, I'm from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. That's where um, we connected. Um, and I, I started out um, just doing consulting. Um, work um, assisting um, students with um, transcript evaluations. I have an education background and um, I'm from the hotbed. I'm from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And there were many kids down in South Florida that had the challenge. And I can understand why they weren't going to school um, when I first came out of college. And when I found out is because they didn't understand the recruiting process and they didn't understand the NCAA eligibility part of the recruiting process. That's when I start digging in deep finding out, okay, why can't we get these kids academically eligible? So I started um, assisting um, at my alma mater, Dilla High School, and I started from there, just started evaluating transcripts, looking at the academic plans, developing, you know, plans for the guys so that if they take the right classes, um, make the right grades, you know, get their test scores up, you know, they can meet the eligibility. So I did workshop parent seminars, you know, explain it to the parents as well. So they know when they see their kids' schedules, they know that their kids are taking class that's gonna help them get NCAA eligible and not just um, complete courses for graduation requirements. Cause there's a difference, there's a huge difference there. So that's pretty much how I started out. If I'm a student athlete, what is required by a high school senior right now to qualify by NCAA standards? Well, in order to um, qualify for the NCAA and I'm going to put this one nugget out there because um, the number one rule is called a 10 and 7 rule. So for a high school um, senior to be eligible um, to even participate, he has to meet the 10 and 7 rule going into his senior year. And what that means is he has to have 
10 core credits. Seven of those core credits have to be in English, math, or science. So if he um, does not have um, the minimum GPA of a 2.3 um, and he do not have uh, do not meet the um, 10 and 7 rule, then he will automatically be de declared an academic red shirt. So for seniors, it's very important that for one, that someone evaluate their transcript and make sure that they have met the academic, um, I mean, the 10 and 7 rule, so they know whether or not they're going to be declared an academic red shirt. And they will have that declaration right now in the NCAA standards. Right. You know, to follow that up, what are the are the requirements the same for every level, like D1, FCS, D2, D3? Are there different uh, requirements for the different levels of, uh, you know, college football or different sports? Yeah, it's a little different for um, where they all have to have 16 core credits in order to um, be declared eligible um, for, for the NCAA, but they are structured differently. So if on a D1 level, the courses fall in different categories. Like for an example, you have to have four English credits in D1, but for D2, you can have three English credits. And But the, the courses just kind of shift around where you have to fit those 16 core credits. But out in, regardless, regardless of the level, they still will have to have 16 core credits. It just, it's just structured differently. And that's why it's important for um, the guys to be evaluated properly by someone that really know what they're doing so that they could let them know logistically and realistically whether or not they're going to qualify for um, D1 or D2, you know, or um, or if they're going to even go like in NAIA. So, I mean, there's different levels. There's a different structure to how the um, 16 core credits are devised. Hypothetically, I'm a, a parent and, and, you know, a lot of parents think, well, you know what, if my kid is eligible to play high school football, they also assume automatically they're eligible for college football. Can you kind of tell the like parents out there? Yeah, there is a difference. I mean, some coaches may just put their kids in all woodshop classes. He has a 4.0 and then all of a sudden he gets ready to go to college and doesn't realize he's not eligible. Yes. And, and unfortunately, um, Working um, for Michigan football, like you alluded to before, um, this was one of the uh, main tasks that I did was evaluate all of the recruits, um, I mean, all of the guys that um, Michigan was recruiting. So basically what happens is the GPA doesn't matter if the courses are not in the right categories. So that's where that formula comes in from the NCAA uh, eligibility worksheet, where there's, like for, for an example, with D1, um, you have to have four English credits. You have to have three math credits. You have to have two science credits. And then there's a special um, category where you have to have one additional core credit that can be a combination of English, math, or science. So there, there's a formula. Then you have to have two um, history classes. And then the remaining four credits comes under additional core, which usually will be like the um, foreign language courses that students usually have. And then also um, like if it's a religious school, you know, some some religious courses are um, deemed as core credit. So they will count there. And then usually the, um, the senior year, 
of government and economics classes fall under that additional um, four core credits at the bottom of the worksheet? So we, you know, some some kids uh, academically, they grade wise, they, you know, ninth grade year, they don't have a good year. And all of a sudden they think that they're not eligible uh, to play uh, college sports. You know, some of the options are, you know, like online classes. Can you tell us a little bit about which online classes uh, these kids could take and which ones you recommend they stay away from? Yes. Um, and and that is a very good question that you asked because um, if you can uh, complete a two uh, a full half credit course in two weeks, then the NCA is not going to accept that um, program. So there are some uh, credit mill programs that's out there. So you have to be real careful um, not to jump in on some of those um, type systems. But what you want to look into is within the state. You want to um, look at the state offered um, online program like Vir um, Florida Virtual, if you're from the state of Florida, or Michigan, Michigan Virtual, but the state-run um, virtual program that is sanctioned through your high school. Those are the ones that um, you want to take where they can um, validate when is your start date of the program and when you finish with the program because you have to log. If you take an online course, they want to know how long did it take you to complete that class? Because again, if it takes you two weeks to complete a full credit, they, they're like, no, there's no academic rigor in that program. So they're not going to accept those type credits. So it's very important to be very careful about um, using the online classes as a re remediation for you, improve your grades. And I'm going to give everyone a big nugget also in regards to if you mess up your freshman year, don't go back and retake um, English 9. Take a different English course so that you get an English credit so that you continue to earn credits towards the 16 because you can only get um, credit one time for a course. So, but you still need 16 core credits. So in order for you to make up, you just take like a creative writing course or a speech class, take a different English elective but it still counts as a English credit. So that way you have, even if you make like a D your freshman year, you come back later, you can retake uh, like a creative writing class, like I mentioned before, or any it, journalism, any course that's listed on the NCAA course list that your schools provide. And it, they're available online, they're free. You can go out there, verify it, but, um, I, I do not recommend any students retaking a class. I, you have to move forward because you have to continue to accrue credits. Because again, when you get to the end of your junior year, you have to have 10 core credits earned. And those 10 core credits have to be specifically in English, math, and science. So you can't just take any course. It has to fit the formula. So that's why it's very important to make sure someone, someone is evaluating your transcript for NCAA eligibility and not just making sure you're eligible for high school graduation. So you're saying those classes that are too good to be true. Uh, are really too good to be true. <laughs> All <right. laughs> that's Pretty <good>. much. <laughs> All right. You know, one of the things with COVID, I, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I've heard different things about is the ACT and SAT scores may not need it to be qualified this uh, I, during this school year. Have you heard anything about that as far as, or, and if it's true, will certain universities take their own 
requirements like a Stanford and Northwestern? Are they going to still make kids take some sort of standardized test to get into their school? Um, have you heard anything about the ACT and SAT? Yes, the academic schools want, they're not going to lower their standards um, coming to the academic schools. There are some um, some universities that um, are by, bypassing the academic standards for the 2020 um 2021 classes only. So they're not going to go forward unless the pandemic extends even further. But because the um, 2020 graduating class just got caught off guard and did not have an opportunity or time and no one was prepared for virtual testing with, you know, the SAT and the ACTs and therefore they, that was the reason why they um, put a clause to um, bypass them. And then, uh, but there are a lot of colleges that don't even use the um, standardized test period. So that's why it's important that you get your academic rigor up and that you um, academically, you are strong enough to be able to be admitted into the school without needing um, test scores. But they do um, still, the NCAA have their standard, which um, they have not changed. So it's still a 2.3 in order to be academically um, eligible without being an academic red shirt. Yeah. On to kind of a different subject. Now, now a student has gone to college, you know, the scholarship money, um, D1s we know give full rides. What are the, what are some of the schools at the lower level gives, you know, everybody thinks, oh, I get a, I, I got an offer from a school, but parents go, oh, the school's going to pay my full ride. They don't understand some of the restrictions at the different levels. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Yes. Um, well, what happened is, and this is the most important thing, is you have to look at this, um, that paper that says grant in aid, because that is the document that you sign that will let you know how much of your tuition um, the school is going to give you. And in some instances, um, you do not get a full um, grant in aid to pay for the full tuition. So and what they will do is have the parents like apply for financial aid. So they will use um, uh, the parents, whether or not if they can get financial aid, they use those as part of the academic um, packet. They also provide light work study. And there's some schools that have in-house scholarships uh, based upon whatever the major is that the student may be applying for. Or, I mean, there are just some specialty um, scholarship programs that's within the school and that's another reason why the academic piece is so important because if you have a high gpa um and they are not offering you but 80 percent you can pick up that additional 20 percent based upon your academic scholarship if you are not academic um financial aid eligible so that's how they kind of balance it especially in some of the lower um level schools where they depend heavily on the assistance of the academics to get academic scholarship to help supplement the athletic scholarship, and then also um, the financial aid as well. That um, they, every so regardless, they, they have every student to apply for um, financial aid because they have other funds in the school, like the student opportunity um, scholarship, where they can provide um, services, you know, for the. Um, student athletes as well. So there are several ways that you can do it, but it's all going to be predicated on what your academics are and what they can get you academically um, financed through other means. Then that gives you better um, options of being able to be offered a scholarship where you may not be the top athlete, but if you got great grades, there's a place for you somewhere because 
you're going to be able to um, not cost as much as, you know, someone else. So you may be able to even do walk-on, you know, as well as preferred walk-on. And trust me, I've seen plenty preferred walk-ons that started out, you know, on the academic side and earned scholarships within the year. So there's, there's several different ways that you can go about supplementing the income if you're not getting a 100% um, scholarship. For personal experience, you had a son that played Division One sports. Tell us about him and what he's doing now. Okay. Yes, uh, my son, his name is Wayne Lyons. Um, he graduated from Diller High School 2011. Okay, I got to take a plug, proud mom. He graduated the first football player as the valedictorian of Diller High School. He um, had 49 offers when he left um, school, and he chose Stanford University as his school of choice. And he uh, played uh, Division One. He played uh, football at Stanford. He played corner. And um, after he finished at Stanford, when he realized that the NFL wasn't um, a guarantee in his cards, um, he used his fifth year. And he uh, graduated from Stanford, went to Michigan, and got his master's degree in social work. Um, well, he got an engineering degree from Stanford, and then he got his master's degree in social work um, at the University of Michigan. Currently, he resides still here in Michigan. He started his own uh, company. He He's heavy with um, community development, so that's why he merged the two, the engineering degree with um, the social work, so that he, um, he does uh, community development and mentoring. He has a huge heart. Um, he loves um, kids and he loves working with um, with the community. So that's pretty much what he's doing now. But yeah, he um, he got a few tryouts um, to the NFL. Um, that didn't work out. He went to Canada for a little bit and he decided, oh, I'm going to use the, um, my 40-year decision and <laughs> decided to use his degrees. Um, and that's what he's doing right now. I mean, he made a career choice, but, you know, we're kind of in an odd time bringing it up in with, we talked about, you know, COVID. You think if you brought your son's recruitment now into the future, would it have been hard to send him away to some a school like Stanford now? Or do you think you still would have made, he would have still made the same decision uh, if, if he had to come out now and make that decision? Because of the type of kid that he is, uh, my son said that he was going to get the best engineering degree he can get for the free. <laughs> so he was like, he was like, I wanted with the best um, school with the high, the best reputation. So my son was a little different. He loved football. He played ever since he was four years old. But he also um, had a, a deep passion for his academics. And so he 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 determined that he was going to have an engineering degree, and that was one of the reasons why doing our recruitment. Um, he, we had the um, coaches to fill out those 50 questions and he became infamous with those 50 questions that they tab the Lions um, SAT. But, um, but I think um, that even with everything that's going on now, I think he still would have um, chosen Stanford. He had just a phenomenal experience there. And he said if he had to make his decisions all over again, he would still choose Stanford. You know, your son went to Dillard. You talked about this before, and it, it, you know there's a lot of pride that you went to Dillard and he went to Dillard and did so well. You know, so many parents today they move their kids around to certain high schools. Do you feel it's necessary, or do you think the colleges, no matter what, will find you? 
let me tell you, <laughs> the school, it, it, it's not going to matter because some kids are sitting at a, a top school but can't get on the film, on the field. If you can't put it on film, it doesn't matter the name of the school. At the end of the day, you need to get somewhere and show the um, consistency, show commitment, because coaches want to see that you can commit to something, even the colleges. That's part of the college application process. They want to see that students can start something and see it through. So it's not a good idea to bounce from school to school to school. And speaking of that, that's a major issue with the transcript evaluations and getting eligible through the NCAA, because every school that these kids go to, they have to submit a high school transcript for every school. So there are some kids that I evaluate their transcript and I have four different schools because they've transferred every year. So when me looking at it as a, um, as a recruiter, I'm looking at, okay, so are you gonna get upset um, and not see it through if things aren't the way you want it here, you're gonna jump up and leave and move to the next. So it's like, you gotta show commitment. So sometimes, it's necessary to transfer, like if your family's moving, you know, because you got military folks. So now some of these kids, they got to move with the families. So some moving is necess is there's a necessity to it. But then, but just running from program to program, and that that's not a good, that's just not a good idea. It's not a good look, and it just create havoc with when it's time for you to try to get evaluated for um trans. I mean for the NCAA eligibility. You know, most high school parents probably think their kid's going to go to the NFL, and we know that's not realistic. Your son, Wallace, goal was to go to the NFL, um, but he knew the percentages that actually make it. He chose a school more for a career after football. How important was that, and how important is that for others as well? I'm going to tell you how this is the way I see it. First of all, you got to get in where you fit in. And I tell parents um, all the time, um, some schools, yeah, they have big names. Yeah, you know, they're you're gonna go to like a Alabama. You definitely going to um, win a national championship within the four years that you're there. You're gonna go to the playoffs. You're gonna do all that. But is your kid gonna see the field and seeing what happens is these kids like they come from being the big dog on their high school team and they're used to being on that field. And then you go to a school that you um buried on the death chart. They're, you're not going to have an opportunity to get on the field. So now your kid is depressed. They're having a miserable college experience. It's like you have to select correctly and you not necessarily go for the name of the school, but look at the depth chart and see how many people are on that depth chart within your position. Um, evaluate those um, guys on um, film that are there on the team. Look and see if you really can stack up to the talent that's already on the team. I was like, you got, you got to, you got to know your worth, and you got to be realistic about what your worth is, what your abilities are, and whether or not. Because at the end of the day, if you're not getting on the field, you're not developing in the film, you are not going to the NFL. <laughs> it's just that simple. So, one last question: it's, You know, most parents, you know, are and kids in the whole recruit, they don't know the whole recruiting process. Um, they think that a lot of them think, oh, it's about star rankings on. Uh, on these recruiting services. What advice can you give a parent just about the whole recruiting process? What it means to actually get an offer compared to a letter? Uh, what are some of the things that you've experienced that you could advise parents on? Until you sign the grant in aid, no school is obligated to you and you're not obligated to any school. Um, 
the, the biggest advice I can give to the parents, number one, is to keep your sons humble. I say because sometimes, you know, these guys, you know, the stars, you know, they they think because they have their four star, five star, that that's an automatic transition to success. I've seen plenty five star busts. I was like, so don't think that just because those recruiting services are putting those stars on your um, on your kid's name, you know, that that's going to automatically guarantee your kid to get a scholarship. And then sometimes they may get the scholarship, but then they come with such high expectations of themselves, but don't bring the same work ethic to go along with those stars. And then you go to a school and the stars don't mean anything because it's the kid's work, work ethic and it's what's in your heart. So if you don't have dog in your heart to be a, a real <laughs> hardcore um, player, then you have to think twice about, you know, where you're trying to go to school, you know, what your expectations is of the um, program. And, you know, like I say, the biggest thing is you have to remain humble. And I'm going to tell you guys, the high school coaches can't get your kid any offers. Uh, offer, the high school coaches can't get your um, kids no scholarships. Your your kids' athletic abilities, their academic acumen, their personality, how they communicate with the recruits, all of that is what's going to generate a scholarship, a true um, scholarship, acceptable scholarship. Because some um, scholarship offers that you get are, are just a piece of paper and not necessarily one, a committable um, offer. That's what I was trying to think of that term. Yes. Yeah, so and, I, and I'm going to tell you another tip um, in regards to with these um, when you get these offers, parents, please don't let your sons go out there and say, oh, I got um, eight offers, but I'm waiting to get an offer from another school, but you're not communicating with nobody in them eight that you already have. Nobody wants their school to feel um, be shunned. And if you're not going to show respect to the people you already have, then they're going to pull those scholarships. They're going to talk to the kids that are communicating with them. So I say remain humble, you know, communicate. I say I tell the guys all the time, treat these um, college coaches like they're your girlfriend. So now if they don't hear from you ever, you're going to think they're going to keep interest in you or, or not. So reach out, you know, and be um, attentive when you're um, speaking with them. You know, know, know your stats. Don't, when the coach asks you about your grades, don't say, oh, I got good grades. No, you need to know what your GPA is, what your test scores is. You know, am I, you know the school, do your homework so that you know what will it take to get into those schools so that you're letting the coaches know that you are about the business also because coaches, their, their time um, frame's not long on these campuses, so they don't have time for kids to come on. They got to worry about if they can keep them eligible. So they need for you to take care of your business so they don't have to worry about you in the classroom so that you can focus in the uh, on the field because if things aren't going well on the classroom side, it's going to translate in the, um, on the field. I've seen it happen over and over again. So as far as the offers, it's a piece of paper until they tell you that you have a committable offer that you can sign on a piece of paper, take it for that, a piece of paper, keep engaging with all of the coaches, you know, follow what's going on with the program, look at the academics, make sure that you're um, getting yourself prepared um, for the different schools, but you got to communicate with these um, coaches um, with interest, not just, you know, yeah, no, Look them in the eyes when you talk to them. Oh my God, that drive me nuts. 
look them in the eyes, talk to them, firm handshakes, you know, let them know that you're about your business, you understand how the game works, and that you understand that um, you are, your work ethic is what's going to carry you at the end of the day, regardless of any of this other stuff. But I'm telling you all, don't, don't go through the recruiting process and you know, you're taking these coaches through all kinds of um, channels and making all these big issues, throwing folks under the bus, university. The, please don't throw no university under the bus. You mad at a, um, a coach because they say something you don't like. Keep it personal between you and that coach because at the end of the day, when you're embarrassing these coaches and you're embarrassing the university, other schools are looking at you and then you're going to be a hands-off type of kid that nobody wants drama in their program. They want they want dudes that's going to come and work hard and, and get it done. They don't want drama. They don't want divas. Nobody's looking for all of that. They're just looking for humble guys who love football, that's going to knock down the wall for them, going to go to class like they're supposed to and do their work. And at the end of the day, everybody has to win-win. And then if you make it to the league, that's a plus. In the meantime, you make sure you get that degree because NFL means not for long. And even those can make it. Sometimes you're still going to falter. And you can be in there for you can get drafted. You can go to the training camp and something crazy can happen and you hurt and you can't even play. So it, there's just so many different factors to it. So you just want to make sure you have a game plan. And that game plan is making sure you get that degree while you're in that school. And if you leave early, make sure that you're on target so that when you do return, you only have a year left um, to finish up your degree. But you want to stay on track um, every semester. But that APG going to make you stay on track anyway. You ain't going to pay to play because the schools get fined if you're not working towards your degree. So, again, you got to be ready to handle your business, stay humble, work hard, and it'll be a great, great experience for you. Well, Gwen, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. We're going to look forward to getting you back on. But I think a lot of this stuff we discuss is so, so important because, listen, it's one. there's a lot of guys I've seen, like you said, that have been busted anybody athletically could get an offer but these these football coaches are looking for guys that they could trust on that field they could trust in their program that they're not you know if they if, they, if they're going to let them down they could get fired and it's it's it is a business it's an investment to that school a scholarship's worth a lot of money to that university and those football coaches but we look forward to having you come back one of the things we do on this show is uh, talk about social media. How would parents or uh, student athletes follow you, whether it's uh, Facebook or Twitter? Or what What are some of the outlets they could reach out to you? Well, I have um, a website, and my website um, is www.waydanconsultingservices. That's W-A-Y-D-A-N consultingservices with an S dot com. And on there, um, it has um, a breakdown of what I do, how I assist um, student athletes with transcript evaluation, academic plans, you know, um, annual monitoring, making sure that they're staying on track. Um, also, you can follow me on GD Bush um, at 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 GD Bush twenty four <laughs> on Twitter and um, Instagram. Well, it's great speaking to you. And like I said, we look forward to having you back on. And uh, this was definitely a learning experience for not only me, but hopefully for a lot of parents and student athletes out there. 
Okay. And also, let me just put my number out there because most people just hit me up on my um on my phone. I have a Florida number still. So at worst case scenario, you can always just reach out um via um even um text or phone call. And my phone number is nine five four eight zero six nine four one one. And also like I said, you can check out my website um and you can follow me on uh facebook as well um, at weight and consulting services yep and to all the parents out there i definitely recommend you listen to this because uh you, without the educational side of it and knowing what you're going to go through in the whole recruiting process it all's for naught so definitely listen to this podcast and we look forward to hearing you guys uh putting more podcasts out in the next couple of weeks and uh we're out i'll talk to you later Quinn. okay thank you for bringing me on it was a pleasure take it easy Bye. okay